Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Clive Urquhart. We're in exciting days. Really, really exciting days. And everybody said? (laughs) I love that. See, what is going on in you determines what happens around you. As believers, we don't take our lead from what is happening around us. We take our lead by the one who is living in us. And he's the one that determines our lives, our thinking, our hearts, Actions, everything relating to who he is. And God is waking up anybody who's been asleep. He's shaking us if we've been slightly slumbered. He's enabling us to become more sensitive and discerning to who he is, what he's saying and what he's doing. And at this stage, it's not about looking around and saying, so where is it then? So where is this God of Elijah then? Where is this one who, you know, what's happening? God always announces what he's going to do before he does it. That's the way he works, right through the Old Testament, right into the New and even today, in terms of how he works and and operates. And he announces what he wants to do so that we respond and are ready for what he's announcing he's going to do so that when he does it, we, we are with him in it, if we can put it that way. And if you look at the Old Testament, some of this is related to the message for next week when we're not here, but I've recorded it a few days ago, so I don't want to regurgitate that. But we just need to be discerning at this time and listening to the Lord in our own lives, but also what God is saying prophetically to his church and to us as a church. And Jane and I, of, of the last two Saturdays, have been in two different settings with different leaders from around the nation in different contexts. Not yesterday, but last Saturday, Saturday last week, a week ago, we were at a conference in Leicester. We were there just for the Saturday and it was a, a prophetic conference, uh, quite a number of prophets there, people who operate in that kind of ministry and anointing, gifting and very, very powerful time. Amazing time of worship, a couple of times of worship and a lot of the time people on their knees and the holiness of God, the awe of God. Um, And as I said last week in the flow of what was happening, um, one of the phrases that came out in the middle of it is the floor is the door. And it's like, what does that mean? It means that the way forward is on our knees, yielding, surrendering, individually and as the church, as as a church and as the church, 
wider than ourselves. And that God's not going to open things up because of how we've done them or the way things have been. But there's a yielding to Him in a fresh way in this season as He moves in a, in a fresh way. And in that, in that context, a number of different people came up to Jane and I through the day. Uh, one or two people that were, just, that were there attending the conference, but others who operating as prophets uh, in that kind of ministry and others that were serving there. At different points, different people came up to us and pretty much said the same thing. Um, they said, uh, it, they either got born again at a meeting that Pastor Colin was speaking at, they got filled with the Spirit or they got healed or one or two of them that are moving it as prophets, you know, there was an activation in their life for that ministry in a meeting that he was speaking and ministering at. And, and people didn't come and say that from a point of view of just letting us know. They actually came up to us, it was quite humbling, the way that people came up to us. And, and they said, I, I, we just want to, I just, or an individual, you know, was like, I just want to come and say, I am so, so thankful and grateful I just want to say thanks to, to the Lord, but to you as a family, or I just want to thank you for your dad and who he was and what he stood for and, and all this stuff that just came out. And, and now on one level, we know there's a lot of legacy there, but when you start having people coming up to you and saying, this is what I'm doing now as a result of what happened then. It could have been 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, one young person came up to me, probably 18, 19 years old, and, or maybe 19, 20, something like that. She was just serving there, helping to make the conference happen. She said, uh, I just wanted to say thank you to you um, because the whole of my family's lives have been transformed by coming to faith camp, by the teaching of kingdom faith, by your dad and all that he represented. And all my brothers and sisters were all walking with God, we're all serving God and, and this and that and the others happening in our family as a result. And he said, I just want to thank you for being faithful. Now you're standing there and I'm thinking, well, we haven't done, you know, okay, all the glory goes to the Lord and particularly Pastor Colin in terms of his life. And, and then yesterday, well, there were some other things that happened at that conference in terms of Jane, and us, me in terms of things that were said to us and various things. It was a powerful time from that point of view. And there's maybe another day for some of that stuff. But yesterday we were in, in Wales. Long drive there, long drive back. Um, but we went there and different grouping of people. These guys, there were some church leaders from around Wales and a number of people that lead prayer ministries and are known for sort of prayer on a national scale, a uh, national level. And they invited us to go there to be part of this in the same way we got invited to this other thing the other day. It, it was like people saying, we, we want to invite you to come into this context because we want to build relationship with you and we want to partner together in terms of what God wants to do in the nation. And because of who you are as kingdom faith, what you've represented, what you've pioneered, what your dad's done. But we understand there's, there's so much more as, as, as the church in this nation we need to come into. And we want to relate, we want to have relationship, we want to partner with you guys and we want to, in that context. And so we were asked to go to this thing yesterday, which was more of a consultation. 
um, to do with what is, what's God doing in the nation, but particularly yesterday was a bit more focused around Wales. And the, the day was, or was at um, what's called the Bible School of Wales. Now, for those who don't know, there's a guy uh, called Rhys Howells and he was an intercessor and he's written a book called Intercessor and I, I think lots of Christians have read it all over the world. And they had a whole like huge house facility, grounds and everything where it was a centre of prayer and intercession uh, for a number of decades. And in the Second World War, uh, there were people that prayed, they were praying 24-7 through the whole of the Second World War. And there were certain moments where God told them some very specific things to pray. One example was um, when Hitler had lined up the majority of his forces to invade and attack this nation. And in comparison, the amount of air force he had, armor, arm, you know, armored tank, everything else, so far outweighed what we had as a nation. And he was going to just, it was, he was like, right, we're going to have you as a nation. And these guys there, they prayed, they said, God, what do we pray? And God said to them, pray that he turns and invades Russia. So they began to pray. Now, the word they used was contend. They would contend in prayer. And they would give themselves in prayer. It wasn't just nice prayers. They contended in prayer. It was like a, an intercession, a travailing in prayer. And as they began to pray over the next few days, for absolutely no reason, no rational reason, Hitler changed his mind and said, right, let's invade Russia instead. And the Russians defeated the Nazis and that was a massive turning point in the war. And this nation wasn't invaded in the way that it was going to be invaded. There's other moments in the war where God told them to pray certain things. We all know the Dunkirk situation and all of that and the, how the, the nation was called to, a, 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 you know, to prayer. And, but these guys were already praying in relation to that. God already spoke some things to do with that. And there's lots of things and then other decades praying into other things and the change that's taken place at specific moments globally in, in wars and other things because God got these guys to pray. People gave their lives for 10, 20, 30, even 40 years where they lived by faith and all they did, they prayed and interceded for the nations. And certain moves of God and revivals that have happened globally and in different nations, some of them can be linked to the prayers of the saints in that place. Amazing, right? Eh? The power of prayer. The power of prayer. And the guy, so that place has been completely restored because it was, it was derelict because it had been left for years, this, this house and all the grounds and the other buildings related to it. And there was a pastor in Singapore a number of years ago who God spoke to. And, and when you hear his story, he gave his story yesterday. It was so powerful how God took him on a journey and provided incredibly to buy that site and to renovate the whole thing, to reestablish it as a training centre for revival. And they're developing it and they're opening up this well of prayer and they're beginning to move towards that. So it's only been open the last four or five years and how God's provided and everything else. And we heard this amazing story. And this guy's got a big church in Singapore, five, six, six thousand people, something like that. And um, then at the break, he, he, he came 
I, I, there was something as part of that session that I said and, and all of that. Anyway, and, and so it's, as soon as the session finished, he came up to me and he, and he said, I've got to shake your hand. He said, I've got to say hello. And he said, I've just got to say thank you to you and your family and who you are. Particularly, I want to thank the Lord for your dad. He said in 1980, he said, I was at a meeting in Singapore that your dad was ministering in. And he said, I got baptised in the Spirit and it so transformed my life. And that set me on a course that everything that I'm doing now in terms of the church God has given me, in terms of everything that's happening, here he said it just set him on a course and he said I just want to honour your father honour everything that he stood for and want to thank God for his life and I was like and it was so humbling and one of the reasons these guys asked us to be there was he says you guys you guys revival runs through your blood your veins you, that's what you're living for that's what you contend for, is that that's who you are as kingdom faith. And there was another lady there. Uh, I don't know how old she was. She was an older lady. I don't know where Jane's gone, but I'll keep looking for Jane. She's over there. There was an, an older lady who was an intercessor and she's been there 30 years praying every day for Wales and for the nation. And she's been praying and contending for revival. Her grandfather was part of the Welsh revival and was an intercessor in, 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 in a prayer in, in that context. And we didn't, we didn't know her, okay? Um, we didn't know that's what she was doing. She came running up, to, after, again, at the end of one of the sessions, this, she just came straight up to said, I wanna come and say hello. And she said, I wanna, I wanna first of all thank you for, for who your dad is and what he represented. She said, because his teaching and, and his life and ministries like affected me and, and whatever she said. L amazing lady, so humble, so, so gentle, but yet powerful. And, we, and then she said to us, she said, I just want to let you know. She said, I connect on with you guys every Sunday morning online. Because I'm, I'm, because of, what you represent, who you are. And she said, so I connect in. So Mary, if you're connecting in this morning, uh, we love you, we appreciate you. You're an amazing woman of God. And that's what she does. She just prays every day, intercedes. She's given her life for that. When you hear some of the stories of how God's just provided, people gave up their jobs and, and totally lived by faith and how God provided for decades for people just to pray and intercede for this nation and other nations. And this lady's one of them. Amazing. And it's so humbling. And being at these two places the last two weeks, we, none of us think anything of ourselves. None of us would put ourselves on a pedestal. None of us would, that's not who we are. You know, we all stand here and go, here by the grace of God go I. Because we all know what we're like in our heads and the, the struggle and the battles that go on. And, and all of that at different times. And none of us would say, well, yeah, hallelujah, you know, this is, or anything. But you just know we're caught up in something so much bigger than we are. So much bigger than who kingdom faith is. And yesterday, three guys from Wales shared for a few minutes what God is doing in Wales. 
It's amazing. Just so under the radar. And they're not interested in it being broadcast as, look at what's going on here. And they just shared for a few minutes what God's done over the last 10 years in the church in Wales. Not every church, but in about 700 churches in Wales, what God is doing. That's a lot of churches. And what is happening relationally with leaders across that nation, spiritual leaders, church leaders, and others in places of influence and leadership. The miracles, the, I mean, they, the, they said there's just miracles abounding everywhere in people's lives. And, and the beginning of an acceleration of souls getting saved. Not just a few here and there, but an acceleration of souls. And, and, and you just, the way they were and the way they shared, the humility, the heart for others, and then there was a prophetic moment where Jonathan Oliadi, who was leading the, the day, who, who leads the National Day of Prayer and everything, the, you know, the Wembley event that happened about nine years ago, Jonathan, who heads that up and he's contending for stuff for years and years and years. And him and his wife are giving themselves to, to this, all this stuff that we're talking about, what we live our lives for in terms of God's purposes. And he got these three guys who represents church leaders and the apostolic in Wales. And, and then he got Mary, this lady who represents prayer and the prophetic. And we know there needs to be a joining together in this nation of apostles and prophets. Apostolic leaders and prophetic leaders coming together in a new way. It, it's going to be by the spirit that it happens that goes beyond denominations and streams and, and spheres and networks of churches and people having to drop their agendas and their brands and everything else. It's got to be the only brand that's, that we need to be focusing on is the kingdom. And yes, God raises up churches and people might have a name and, and, a, and, a, and a, what do you call it when you have a design, a logo or something. And I'm fine. But all of that's got to become secondary to God's kingdom purposes. And Jonathan said at one point, guys, can you stand here? And Mary, can you come here? And he said, you guys stand here as the apostolic and church leaders and, and you stand here as the prophetic and that whole movement and the prayer movement. And he said, firstly to the guys, I want you to bless what she represents, the prophetic and the prayer movement in Wales. I want you to bless her, honour her, speak over her. And so they began to speak over her saying, we love you, we honour you, we, we, we want to be in relationship with you. I mean, they are those guys because they, but it was what it represented. And then they prayed for her. And then Jonathan said to her, right, I want you to bless them, pray for them and prophesy over them. And so she did that and then they embraced one another. But it was a powerful moment for God's purposes to be, released and unlocked on a level and in a way that we don't fully understand and we don't fully realise what we're caught up in in terms of God's kingdom purposes. That we can't approach life at this time from a cognitive point of view, from a reasoned point of view. 
It's like God is opening the eyes of our hearts, the eyes of our spirit to understand and to see in a fresh way what God is doing and what does that mean for me in the big scale of what He's doing? What does that mean in the day-to-day of my life? Because how you and I live day-to-day affects the big macro thing. And what God says about the macro has to be outworked in the micro. Because the church is made up of loads of individuals coming together as the body of Christ. And how you and I live in our lives as individuals affects the body of Christ and how we move together in the things of God. So we're living in exciting days, exciting times, important times. We're at a crossroads time in our nation. In the last couple of weekends, we'll get to the message that I was, I'm supposed to be bringing in a minute, all right? Um, but we're at a crossroads in our life, at this, in, in, our, in our nation at this moment. Well, maybe we are in our lives and church, I don't know. But And a couple of things God spoke to me over the last few weeks. One was about next year, that one of the words or marks of next year is going to be about yielding and surrendering in our lives. That one of the words, if you like, if you, how do you describe what's God saying about next year? It's a year of surrender and yielding. And another thing God said to me was that as a church particularly, that He wants us to learn how to and the Holy Spirit wants to release us to, to, to travail in prayer. We're going to unpack that a bit more in January as part of our prayer and fasting in the new year and what God wants to activate and release. Because there's only some things that get released and activated by doing things the way God, a kingdom principle and a kingdom way, if you like. And travailing prayer births things on a, on a huge scale. And the way these guys prayed in the, this Bible school of Wales, as it was called, years ago during the war, it was travailing prayer. And when, when we were at this prophetic conference last Saturday, they came out with two things in, at one moment in a flow of something. They said, one of the words for next year is yield and surrender. He wants a yielded and a surrendered church. That's how we live. And that's where the, the, the floor is the door thing came. And then they also said then God wants to release the church into travailing prayer. It's like, wow, okay. And some of it was just confirmation, you know, because you can hear things and you say, right, come on guys. And we can all go, yeah, well, hopefully they're hearing the Lord as our leaders, you know. But then when you hear other people saying the same things in the same way, it's like God is speaking to the church. And then yesterday, some of the things that were said yesterday, again, confirming and, and similar things. So I, we're, we're excited on one level, but also a bit in awe about what God is saying and doing. And we've had this amazing last couple of months looking at being a culture of grace because a culture is grown by how we are as people and it might be defined 
by using some words as to what words do we use to define this culture because God has given his word here to define the culture of the kingdom in our lives and how he's called us to live. And so there are always words that define what God is doing and saying. But a culture really is how we live and how we respond to what God is saying. And that culture grows because of who he is in us and how we respond to him. And in that culture of grace, we've had some amazing messages and people opening their hearts and lives and being vulnerable. And one of the things we've been talking about is what goes on in the mind, in the brain and how the brain operates and thinks and ticks and, and what happens when we think in certain ways and the pathways that are developed in certain ways that could become strongholds. And that can either be, become negative things or they can become positive things, depending on what, what we're developing in our minds. We just want to speak into this for a couple of moments because what we're going to do, we're going to take a hold of the word in a few minutes. And <clears throat> one of the ways that we live in a place of victory in our lives is by taking hold of what the Bible says about who we are and what God says to us and not just confessing it as uh, you've got these little confession cards on your thing. We've given you those today, not just so that you walk around and go, right, and just confess it. And yeah, that's brilliant. I've done that, done that. But how do we work with the Word in our lives? How do we cooperate with the Word so that the Word comes alive in us, so that we live in the good of it, the power of it, so that we believe it? Because when believers believe, things happen. These guys in the prayer room in, in that Bible school of Wales, they believed what God said to them. And they prayed in a place of faith because of what God was releasing. And a, a world war turned. And I'm sure there were others praying. It's not just down to those in that place, right? And so often the battle in our lives is in our minds. And most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. But the great news is God's word is powerful. Not just to help us, when it's there, but actually to transform us and to renew our thinking and our minds with the truth so that the pathways of our thinking are aligned with the pathways of truth, if we can put it this way. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Wow, there was a, a physical war going on in, in World War II. But yet there was also a war going on in the heavenlies. And the people who joined in the war in the heavenlies won the victory over the war that was in the earthlies, if we can put it that way. And the heavenlies overtook the earthlies. So we don't wage war as the world does. Whether for things like that or in our own lives. Verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, the weapons we have, they have divine Power. The word divine means God. The weapons we fight with, 
are God weapons. It's divine power and the word power there means dunamis, dynamite. It means explosive. (laughs) So you and I, the weapons we have, have explosive power. God's explosive power. To demolish. Now the word demolish there means to destroy, to obliterate strongholds. Don't you love that? I do. Then it says, we, that's you and I. So there's something we do. We have the power and the authority to do, firstly, in our own lives. And then also on behalf of, with, in agreement with others and for others. He says, we demolish arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So the enemy wants to form strongholds in our lives, which we've heard over the last few weeks in different ways. A stronghold is like a fortress, isn't it? It's like a vice grip on our lives. And the devil wants to attack to create those strongholds, which are basically pathways of thinking that shape the way we are. The devil wants to try and shape our thinking one lie at a time until we become a prisoner of deception. That's a strong word. But he is the deceiver of the brethren and Deception is believing something that is not true, believing something that is false, believing something that is a fraud. And that's the enemy who constantly wants to sow things in our minds. But yet the word says we demolish those lies, those thoughts, the infiltration of the enemy. We demolish every stronghold. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We, you, me, we have the power and the authority so that we don't live as victims. But we live as victors. So a lot of the issues, as we've heard, that can go on in our lives are because of wrong thought processes, how we've allowed a thought that's become repeated in our minds or whatever we do look at, focus on, that becomes a pathway that then becomes a stronghold, a vice grip. And there's lots of different things which we've covered in the last few weeks. But Proverbs 23, 7 in the New King James says, as a person thinks, so is he. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking a little bit more about who we are in Christ and what does it mean to live in this culture of grace and truth. So the life that you and I have and live is a reflection of what we think and how we think. What we think determines who we become. If we have a mentality that thinks I can't, then you probably won't. If we have a mentality that thinks, I can, then by God's grace, you probably will. 
And a lot of what God has been speaking to us about over the last few weeks is making a choice. Because everything in life is a series of choices. Sometimes it feels like I can't make that right choice because the negative seems so powerful and it seems to have such a grip on me, I can't see how I can come out the other side. But some of what Colin shared a few weeks ago when he talked about the brain and helping to understand how the brain works helps us to see, yes, it's a heart issue because of where we've got to in our life maybe, but also it's a brain issue and therefore we can overcome the negativity and all this stuff by realigning our thinking and our minds and everything else. Jane said something recently that she said, I want to be so overwhelmed with God that I'm not overwhelmed by everything else or something else or whatever else. And if we focus on the negative and our problems, we're going to be overwhelmed by them. But God's given us a solution, a way out. One, it's himself. Secondly, it's taking hold of the word and what God says. So I just want to pause for a moment. OK, then we're going to just get into the, the confessing something. We're just going to take a moment to think about what we think about. Okay? And there's three, three little things we're just going to quickly do, okay? Think about what you think about. Okay, so let's, I haven't got it on a screen, but let's say this side comes under kind of thinking that generally is a worried mindset, okay? And this side is more of a peaceful mindset. So, Kind of just think about what you think about for a moment. Does your mind generally go down this road of being worried that, that you, you, you panic, there's anxiety, you, you could be fearful of situations. You think, well, what could go wrong? What if I get sick? What's, what, what happens if, you know, what about my kids? What's going to happen to them? Or look at the economy, look at the state of the world and, oh, you know, all this stuff, all this stuff going on. Do, we, do our thoughts sometimes move towards that? Or do we have a bit more of a peaceful mindset where we say, well, look, even if stuff is challenging, even if the world is, stuff's going on, Father, I, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to cast my cares on you. I thank you that when I do that, your peace and your presence comes upon me and enables me to think right and, and handle the pressures of the day. But I give my care to you, I put my trust in you, even though I don't understand fully. That's, maybe you can identify which one you are out of those two, or you think more. Next one, this side's negative, this side's positive. Do you wake up in the morning? Does your general train of thought in the morning go to a bit more of a negative or critical way of thinking? You wake up in the morning thinking, oh, here's another day, man, it's going to be tough. And, uh, you know, you assume the worst or is it just going to be hard? I'm totally busy. I'm just this, that and the other. I haven't got time for this. I haven't got time for the other. It's just going to be another tough day. I don't like what I do. I don't like this. And do we have a general negative? Do our minds generally go that way? Or do we go again more towards the positive? When we wake up in the morning, do we wake up a little bit more this direction that says, Okay, today might be tough, but Jesus, I thank you that you're in me today. 
And I thank You that You give me everything I need today for life and for godliness. Thank You, You say, yes, cast all my cares on You. But You will say, come to me, who are those who are burdened and weary, and I'll give You rest. So God, I want to live in Your rest today. And I'm thankful for who You are in me today. And I thank You that You're with me through the challenges. Do we tend to have more of that? Because this is the reality of life here, isn't it? And it's a choice. And then maybe the third example is this. This this side is worldly and this side is more eternal, kind of lasting forever thinking, more, I don't just want to say spiritual, but this is more worldly, this is more kingdom and, and eternal. So a worldly, you know, do you think more about what you have, what you'd like, what you want? You think about more about what you're wearing? Uh, do you think a lot about your posts on Instagram, Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever you're doing? Are you more concerned about what people think, how many followers you, followers you have? Some of you think, I don't even do social media, so I don't have that problem. Do we think more about the world and what the world can give and chasing the things of the world? Or do we think about our lives more from an eternal point of view? Saying, Father, I thank you that you're my supply. Thank you that you're my identity. Thank you for giving me this life to steward. I thank you for the spiritual gifts that you've given me. And I thank you that my life isn't just about me, it's about being a blessing to others and how I can invest in others and serve and love others. Thank you for giving me a life to make a difference in someone else's life. What kind of thinking do we generally have? Because what we think matters more than we realise and what comes into our mind is going to come through our lives. It's difficult to have a positive life if we have a negative mindset. And our lives generally move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And I know some of you have been responding over the last few weeks to the Conquer groups and there'll be some new groups, 101 groups in the new year for ladies. And I know other people have talked to us about other things, not, not Conquer related in terms of the Pure Desire stuff or Pure Desire groups. I know there's other things you've been talking to us about. So, hey, you know, and the most powerful way to change a stronghold is to hit it head on with what changes the negative into the positive in relation to God, in relationship to one another, being accountable. And so I want us to turn in your Bibles if you've got them here and we will put the verses on the screen, okay? And we're just going to pray through these verses and I want to just explain to you how do you pray through the Word? Because we need to recognise what is going on in our minds because if we don't identify it, we won't be able to defeat it. Put it another way, you can only defeat what you define. And so whatever's going on in your head, if it's negative, what is the opposite? What is it that God wants to build in, your, in terms of pathways of truth and thinking that build a stronghold in your mind that cause the positive of His life and His kingdom to come through? rather than any negative. So remember we have these weapons 
You know the sword, the word, it talks about in Ephesians 6, doesn't it? That when it talks about the armour of God, the, the offensive one is the sword of the spirit. That, that we go on a, we go on offence. When I say, I don't mean offending one another. Offensive weapon is the sword of the spirit. And we take a hold of the word and what it does. And so Ephesians 3, Ephesians 1, sorry, 3. What it says, and, and some of you are going to know these scriptures really, really well, okay? But when we, when we take our confession card or a scripture, we're not just saying, on your, say you take your confession card for a moment and uh, let's have a look at, um, let's have a look at the third one on the blue side. The Lord is my righteousness, okay? Now you can take it and say, the Lord is my righteousness and you could just read it and say, he's cleansed me from my sin by his blood and he's made me totally acceptable in his sight. Today I will live free from sin. Now you can read it and then go on to the next one or you can take hold of the truth and your time with God, when you spend time with Him, can come alive in a new way. Because somebody talked to me the other week, a couple of weeks ago in Crawley, uh, and we had a bit of a chat after the meeting about how you spend time with the Lord. And I said, mate, one of the best ways of spending time with the Lord is to get hold of, say, some scripture, and you, you stand up and you walk around and you start, well, you can sit down, but you can... You start praying it through. And like this, for example, that third one on the blue side, the Lord is my righteousness. You begin to say, Father, I just thank you right now that you are my righteousness, that you've made me right with you. Thank you, Jesus, that that's what you've done in me. And I thank you that you have cleansed me from every sin in my life that you don't see me as a sinner. You don't see all the rubbish and the negative that the devil wants to point out and say, look at you, look at you. Thank you, Jesus, that you don't see me as a sinner, but you've cleansed me from every one of the sins that I've committed by the power of your blood. And Jesus, I thank you for your blood that is at work in me, the blood that has cleansed me, forgiven me, that I stand before you as a blood-washed child today. And I thank you that I can live today as a blood-washed child of yours. I mean, what would your time with God look like if you started praying like that? What would change in you? What would be activated in you? You'd want to, I want to go and spend time with the Lord because every time I spend time with Him, I'll get built up in, in my faith because He speaks to me through His Word. And the rubbish that the enemy wants to put in there constantly, I'm overcoming that by saying, no, I'm not going to listen to those lies. I'm going to bring my mind under the Lordship of Christ. What does that mean? Under the Lordship of His Word, His will. And I'm going to bring into obedience everything that's going on in there so that my mind becomes obedient to the truth of who He is in me and what He says about me. This is how we begin to win the war, the battle of the mind and all of that. And when you begin to think like that and, and pray like that, thank you, you made me totally acceptable in my sight. I thank you that there is no shame because you made me totally acceptable. You know what happens when you begin to pray the word like this? And you begin to pray with thanksgiving. Pray like that. Don't just pray like this. Um, Father, would you show me that I'm cleansed from my sin? Would you show me that this is true for me? Don't pray like that. Because you're asking God to do something He's already done. When we pray, what we're doing is we're praying with thanksgiving, taking hold of that. You might not believe it when you're praying it at first, depending on what you're praying being the opposite to what you've been living in up here. 
But when you take hold of it, it's not just confessing this guy, I'll just confess it, you know, you know, name it and claim it stuff. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about taking hold of it and saying, Father, I thank you that every lie of the enemy gets cut off in my thinking because I focus on who you are and what you've done for me and in me and who I am in you. And I thank you that I am totally acceptable in your sight. You know, you're going to have a truth encounter when you begin to pray the word through the word like this. And even if you don't believe it, when you first start praying it, when you start praying the word, thank God that the Holy Spirit starts working with the word. He starts doing stuff in your spirit. Something starts to go off on the inside of you and you begin to meet with God and the revelation of I am acceptable in his sight begins to drop in you. And the lie of the enemy that says you're unworthy, you're not acceptable, look at the past or look at this or look at the other begins to drop off because there's a revelation of truth. There's something that God begins to make real to you in your mind, your heart, your spirit or your spirit first and then it affects your mind and your heart and, and begins to come alive to you and suddenly you're going, I am, I'm forgiven, I'm accepted, I'm loved. Thank you, Je oh Jesus, you're so amazing. Imagine if you had five, 10, 15, 20 minutes like that every day, what would it be like? You'd walk out of your house going to work saying, wow, Jesus loves me. I'm acceptable, I'm worthy. How you look at everybody else is going to be different because you're not going to look out of a lens of, oh, you know, I don't know if he even likes me or loves me or anything. And I don't, oh, hi, how are you? You know, all of that. You're going, wow, this is, wow, Jesus, you're amazing. It's like, hey, this is what God can do in your life. This is what he's like. This is what he does. Suddenly something different overflows because you've hitting what has been defining you in a negative by being redefined as to who you are in the positive according to the truth. So let's just, I don't know if I've shown you enough of that, but anyway, it's easy to do that on the prayer card, okay? So any of those scriptures, pray with thanksgiving, get hold of any of them, like this, the bottom one on the blue side, the Lord is with me. You say, Father, I thank you that you will never, ever leave me. Thank you that you're never, ever gonna believe me. Uh, leave me, not believe me, leave me, sorry. <laughs> or forsake me. Wow, you are faithful. You're always going to be there. You're never going to let me down. Now, sometimes if, you're, if one of your challenges in your mind is you've been let down, stuff has happened where people have promised things and never delivered and you feel whatever that means in your life. And you're like, well, how is God going to be different to the whatever I've experienced? Well, you can either choose to stay there or you can choose to say, right, Jesus, I want you to prove who you are in me. God doesn't mind us asking him to prove himself. Say, God, this has got to work in my life. If you are who you are and your truth is what it is, this must work in me. God doesn't mind us being like that with him. You might, I don't know, you might be like that if you're a bit annoyed about what's going on or you might come like this. God, I don't even know if I can believe this stuff. I don't, I don't even see myself like that. I don't even, I just really don't know. And in that moment, God's going, try me. Ask me. But not just, would you do this? And maybe at first it might come out like this. Well, Lord, it says here that you're always with me. 
feel pretty lonely and isolated. But your word says here, and everything in me emotionally is, feels so opposite to what is going on. Everything in my head feels so opposite to that. But Father, I just want to say to you, your word says and you say that you'll never, ever leave me. Jesus, I thank you that you never, ever leave me, that you're never going to forsake me. And you know, as you begin to take hold of the truth like that, God is going to meet you right where you are. And He'll reveal Himself and He'll change something going on in you. He'll move you from where you are into who He's called you to be. Because He's like that. And we can take hold of the Word. I mean, you can, we haven't got time now, but Ephesians 3 to 7 or whatever. There's lots in the Bible you can pray through. It's full of truth. But whatever the opposite is to what's going on in your head, get hold of that opposite, what the truth is, and begin to thank God and take a hold of it in your life. Because with God, we don't need to stay stuck somewhere in any area of our life because the Word unsticks us. So let's all stand, shall we? Just for a couple of moments, because I know time's going, right? Just get your card. There's cards on the table. Just grab a card, okay? And I don't know if you've thought that that parallel that I gave you, three different things, whether you've been more worried and anxious or you're more on the peaceful side or you think more negatively or you're more positive or you think more worldly or you think more eternally, whatever, in that way. What's the opposite to, to some of the challenges you have going on in your mind, okay? A thought that's in there quite a bit about how you see yourself, how the enemy taunts you. And what I want you to do is have a quick look down these verses. Is there anything that's opposite to that in terms of what the truth is saying? Anything on there opposite to what goes on in your head? And we just take hold of this for a few moments. Maybe you don't have any peace. Maybe there's just turmoil going on in there. There's a verse on there. Thank you, Father, you are my peace, my well-being. Thank you that I don't need to worry about anything because you have everything in your hands, in your care about my life. Sometimes it's just speaking that like that with thanksgiving, with an attitude of prayer. This isn't about bombastically just declaring the word. This is about taking hold of the truth and applying it in a very real and personal way. So what I want you to do for the next couple of moments, and if there isn't a scripture on there, you might be aware of another one in the Bible that is opposite to the negative stuff that might be going on in your mind at this moment. Because God wants there to be, and, and you know, when you, when you begin to pray like this, there might be a scripture you pray and you think, well, I'm not sure what happened there the first time I prayed. Well, you start walking a trail in another direction. And if you go on that trail again, that trail becomes a pathway. And that pathway brings freedom and a, and a different stronghold. But as you go down that pathway, it, str it strangles the old pathway, squeezes it of its life. So it no longer has any breath in it, the lies of the enemy, because now you're feeding the breath of life into you instead. So for the next two minutes, 
just get hold of one of the scriptures. I want you to pray out, okay? Speak out with thanksgiving. There should be a little bit of noise in here over the next few minutes as we're praying out and just taking hold of this truth or one of the truths in, in your life. If you're at home and you haven't got a card, maybe pray something from Ephesians 4, 5, 6 or 7 and take hold of something like that for a moment. Even to pray in Ephesians, Father, I thank you that you chose me in you before the creation of the world. What does that mean? Before the creation of the world, he was thinking about you and me. What an amazing thought. You can only choose something you're thinking about. And when you think about something that you want, you choose it and say, I want that. And God was thinking about you and I before the creation of the world. He had us in His heart right back then. And then He says, I choose you before the creation of the world. To what? To be holy and blameless. Wow, that's how... That's, and you just work with that and the Holy Spirit shows you. It's like, oh my word, Holy Spirit, you're amazing. Before the creation of the world, you called me, you chose me by name, you picked me out to be holy and blameless. I thank you. That's how you see me. So let's just do that. Go for it. A couple of minutes. Pray the word. Take hold of it. Speak it over your life with thanksgiving. Declare it appropriate there with thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. People of truth people of victory, people of overcoming. That's who we are. That's who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you. You always lead me in triumphal procession. You are my victory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, enable me to be an overcomer, to think right, to believe right, not to be a plaything of the enemy. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That today I live in the power of who you are. I live in the good of who I am as a child of yours, as a person of victory. That's the banner that is over my life, a banner of victory, a banner of your goodness, a banner of your love. I thank you that I live with that banner, that triumphal victory in my life today. You give me power over the enemy, over every negativity. I thank you I can live in the good of who I am in you today as an overcomer. I thank you, Jesus. I praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, as you begin to pray like this in, on your own, for example, it begins to get a bit louder as you pray at home because faith starts to rise up in you. And, and as faith starts to rise up in you, there's a boldness, there's a confidence. You begin to get excited about what you're praying through because faith is, is coming alive in you. And it's like, yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And then you find yourself worshipping Him and exalting Him because it's like, Jesus, you're so good. You're amazing. You're wonderful. And suddenly you're becoming this worshipping person because the reality of the truth is coming alive in you in a fresh way. And all you can do is express that thanksgiving and that praise. And then that the atmosphere around your life begins to change. You're beginning to charge the atmosphere with truth and praise and worship and adoration. And the enemy has to back off. 
because He has no answer to the power of the truth and the power of praise and the power of worship that goes on in and around your life. It's like you put a perimeter around and say, no further, that's the end of your rubbish, the end of your lies. Because I'm a person of victory, person of truth, person who overcomes. That's who you are in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody encouraged this morning. There's always a starting point. No matter where you are, take a step. The enemy wants to say, don't bother. You know, you'll never get a momentum going. You'll never get this. Look at your feelings. Just take a start, take a step. Draw a line this morning. Doesn't matter where you are, whatever's going on, draw a line and say, right, I'm going to step forward today in the power of the truth. Father, I just pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon every one of us in this building, at home, wherever we are, in a fresh way, fresh release. This is so, so important because why do we need to live in this? Because the enemy is out to seduce, deceive the world and the church in a way that is unprecedented, unprecedented, particularly in the church. The devil wants to dupe the church into things that sound like truth but aren't. When the enemy tempted Jesus, he started off saying what sounded like truth, but then there was a twist at the end. That's how the enemy works, especially with Christians. He comes with something that sounds good, but there's a twist. And we want to make sure we're ready to stand against all that stuff. Father, I just thank you this morning. Anybody here or at home, wherever, that doesn't know you, but I just pray right now that you'd reveal, you'd convict them of who you are, that you're real, that you're alive. You'd work deeply in their hearts right now at this moment. I just want to say to anybody who's here who doesn't know Jesus or you're in a home somewhere, if you're here and you want to come and have a conversation, maybe chat with people around your table and say, hey, I don't really know Jesus. Can you tell me a bit more about him? Or if you want to come and chat to me, please come and have a conversation. Just because I'm on a platform, it doesn't mean I'm better than you or I've got something going in my life that you haven't. I'm just a normal bloke and uh, I'm not going to freak you out or, or all of that. We can just, I'm very normal. We can just have a conversation about anything you want to talk about to do with the Lord and what's happening in your life. And if you're at home, maybe chat with those in the room if you don't know Jesus or if you're on your own and you don't know Jesus, send us an email at info at kingdomfaith.com. Okay, info at kingdomfaith.com and we'll get in touch with you this week. Okay. And, and respond to you. You know, you're blessed more than you realise. Amen. Maybe after we close in a few minutes, because Jen's going to come back, a couple of practicals. When we close, maybe if you want to, take a bit of time around your table, encourage each other, pray for each other. Sorry, I didn't really give time for that today. Um, just pray for one another, encourage each other um, in, in, in our lives together. Okay, bless you. Jen, do you want to come? Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.